Thanks for tuning in to the Bible Brush Up podcast. We are continuing our 12-week Torah series, and we have now entered into the book of Numbers. You made it all the way through the book of Leviticus. You got through all of those sacrifices, all those burnt offerings, all those funguses the priest had to analyze, and um, now you've got out of all that just to enter into a big book of numbered genealogies. And so you may not be that thrilled yet, but hopefully you can see the significance and why this has made it into God's Word after we get done today. And so the book of Numbers obviously has that word number in the title because they're, they start out with a numerical evaluation of the population of Israel and the various tribes and they mark who the heads of those tribes are. So that should tell you something about the Jewish people, that first off, headship is an important concept. We talked about headship back uh, earlier when we were discussing uh, the fall of man and why Adam's, the significance of him being a real historical person is important for our interpretation of the Bible because him being over humanity, being the head of humanity, his fall resulted in the fall of everyone, and the Bible makes that very clear. And so Jesus becomes a head for all who put their trust and faith in him. They're, they actually remove themselves from Adam and put themselves underneath the headship of Christ. And that's why we, we use the analogies of dying to ourselves or being reborn, because it's a putting away of the old nature and taking on a whole new identity under an entirely new head. Um, so that idea of headship is important, and we'll see that play out in the lives of Israel. Some of the clans and their their heads, when one person violates God's command, when a head violates God's command, it has consequences for the entire tribe. And uh, so that's why it's so important that um, the head of the tribe live righteously and obey God's commands. Um, these heads of tribes were often bringing some of the sacrifices on behalf of their people. And so we're not going to talk too much more about headship, but uh, let's talk about the numbers. Why are there so many detailed accounts of the numbers? Is that important for us to know? Well, I mean, at least if nothing else, it lets us know how many people are wandering through the wilderness. We get this 600,000 number, and this is just men able to go to war, not even counting the Levites. And that's why we get a rough estimate of over a million people wandering in the wilderness, which tells you that this isn't just some small band of people. This isn't uh, a 40-person um, party wandering through the wilderness, but when they get to points where there's no water, it's a very trying circumstance because they've got a million mouths to feed and a million people to give water to. And uh, that just elevates the crisis all the more. And this is why they were uh, being enslaved anyways, is because their numbers were growing so fast, they were beginning to be a threat to Egypt. And uh, that's why they enslaved them. But then God is now delivering them, making a unique people out of them, and taking them to uh, the promised land, which takes us all the way back to the Abrahamic covenant, because Abraham had been promised that he would be given a land for his people. But even more importantly, he was told that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. And I think that's an important part of why these numbers are here. God made a promise to Abraham, and along the way, there were some threats to that promise, like the famine while Joseph was um, 
saving the world in Egypt, there was a threat to the Israelites in Canaan, and they could have been wiped out, but God provided for and protected the population of Israel through Joseph. And now we get a snapshot, fast forward from Joseph, several hundred years, and the people have indeed multiplied. God's promises are actually being fulfilled. They are becoming so numerous, and um, obviously the, the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea reference is just a figure of speech to say you are going to have a very, very, very uh, large family come from you. Um, there will be descendants upon descendants, and that is what we see in these numbers, and they're just getting started. They're going to travel like this, and they're going to enter into the promised land, and they're going to continue to multiply um, but I think this is just one way of showing that God was faithful to Abraham and he did honor his promises. We do get a snapshot in the first couple of chapters and numbers of the way that they traveled and the way that the um, entire tabernacle system was organized. When they would set up camp, the tabernacle would be right in the middle and they would have all the different clans spread out around the tabernacle. And so Judah was the first one to the east, would set up his camp. And then you had another tribe that would set up camp right next to him. And there are 12 of them, so you have three coming out of the east, three coming out from the south, three coming out from the west, and three coming out from the north. Um, so if you actually drew that out, it would look like a cross, which is interesting. I don't know if that's intentional or on purpose or if that has any significance whatsoever, but it is interesting that it is designed that way, and that's how they are to camp. I also find it interesting that Judah is the first one to the east. And as we talked about in Genesis, when Adam and Eve were kicked out, they were uh, sent to the east, and uh, Cain and Abel sent to the east. And here Judah, the lineage from which we'll get Christ, is the one closest to where they were kicked out. I don't know if there's much significance there or not, but I do find it interesting that that's where he is placed. Um, but one of the things I do see a definite connection uh, regarding the priesthood and the tabernacle is once it's named all of these tribes and clans, uh, when we get to chapter 3 of Numbers, it talks about how the priests, um, the descendants of Aaron, are to minister to him, and it says that they are to keep guard over him and the whole congregation before the tent of the meeting as they minister at the tabernacle. Then it goes on to say in verse 8 of chapter 3, and they shall guard all the furnishings of the tent of meeting and keep guard over the people of Israel. Now that word keep and guard, those two Hebrew words, those are the same words that were used for Adam and Eve in the garden. They were to keep it. And it's the exact same word. So it may be translated different in your Bible in Genesis than what it is in Numbers, but it is the exact same expression. And so that's where we get this idea that Adam and Eve are to be priests of God and to um, to mediate God's presence to the rest of the world, just as the Levites were to do the same. And so those are just a few things that you can pick up on as you read through the book of Numbers. And um, I'm going to leave you at that for now. And we'll follow some other trails as we get deeper into the book next time on the Bible Brush Up podcast.